Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today, like I say on every episode, we've got a great show for you. We've got, we've got Justin Bilteman coming on. He's done. He's doing some great things out there, and we're definitely excited to talk about parts of his story, talk some music, and just see where this goes. So, how are you doing today? Great. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you having me on. It's definitely our pleasure because, you know, when somebody's growing out there, we definitely want to have them on the show and so that people can know, hey, these are the next future stars of tomorrow, right? <laughs> That's the plan anyway. That's the plan. <laughs> so, as you know, we're in a weird year this year. And I always like to start the show out the same way. Hopefully next year I can change this whole approach. But how has COVID affected you and what are you doing to maneuver through that? Um, it's been a pretty big challenge. Um, I'm sure you mentioned at some point whatever the the lead into this. Um, I played bass for the rock band Three Doors Down. Mm -hmm. We had our 20th anniversary tour scheduled from June through almost Christmas, and wow. it's completely shut down. Um, moved to hopefully next year. But we'll kind of see how that plays out. So uh, that was a negative. But then the positive was I was able to work a lot on my solo stuff that I've been doing oh, wow. the past couple of years. So it was uh, kind of one, one door closes, another opens kind of thing. And I always try to stay positive and move forward with everything. So um, once I knew that that tour was done, then I started, you know, recording and putting out more music stuff that I had planned that I was going to do after our tour. Yeah. Um, I just pushed it up to uh, June, July and started putting out music, started uh, working on music videos and been able to get out and play a couple bar shows here and there, do some different stuff, uh, playing little songwriter festivals here and there that have been oh, wow. popping up and working with the COVID restrictions and everything. So, it's uh, been challenging, but it's been a positive thing. I think that's, uh, you know, depending on your outlook, that's how you <clears throat> Yeah, that's like even for us, you know, it's been a game changer, I think, for us as a show. Because <clears throat> we launched January 3rd of this year, and our plan was, you know, maybe 100 interviews first year. We thought if we did that, it'd be a solid base for the show to go into 2021. And then COVID happens. And I told Sandy, I was like, um oh, this could be opportunity for us because artists like you are going to need a place to talk with so much shutting down. And we're going to give that to them. Uh, we'll just work harder than we've ever worked so that we can we can build that platform. And because of that, uh, we've done over 270 interviews this year. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> In fact, we got three today, which is crazy. <laughs> uh, it makes a lot of sense that you're able to do that because – you know, before this, you probably would have tried to do all those in person and would have had a lot of scheduling conflicts and probably would have only been able to do like half of those with everybody trying to schedule stuff around tours. But with this, it's, you know, I'm sitting at home. I can pop on anytime. And yeah, so kind of worked out <coughs> with, with the live streams I've seen a lot of people doing and myself. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Like I played more than than I have in a long time just because I could sit here and set up and go live for folks, you know, like three or four times a week and sometimes more and 
kind of rise to that challenge of, all right, I can't play in, in person. So let's let's keep making yeah. people and keep doing interviews and keep creating and doing all that stuff. And it's it's opened up a, a wouldn't say a better avenue, but a different avenue for it for sure. And I think it's going to be an added avenue as we move into 2021 and 2022, because one of the two years will be back to probably close to normal. It may not even be normal next year. We don't know. Right. But definitely by 2022, we should at least see somewhat normal. But hopefully next year will be the will be back to somewhat normal. But I think, you know, because I see a lot of people, they're starting to do some of the online concerts where you pay like five bucks to be a part of it. I'm like, you know, that would be smart. To keep that going for when you're doing a concert, you can set up the whole thing at your concert so that people that can't be there and around the world can participate with you. So now you've got your live local audience there, but you also got your worldwide audience with you, too. Yeah, and I mean, that's a that's a great idea. It's something I hadn't even really thought of continuing that on. So, you know, I think it'd be a game changer for a lot of artists, because, again, the, the key for rising artists is to keep being in front of people, in front of people. Well, you want to be face to face, but you know what? If people can't make it there, then give them an, an option too for your concerts. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's great. And it's uh, utilizing stuff that we should have been doing. In the <laughs> exactly. It kind of so, lost in what you're doing. So before we dig into your story, I always like to go a little light. Um, so what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music? Um, I like, uh, like getting outside, um, you know, hiking, doing anything outdoors. I love it. Um, like working out Been doing CrossFit for many years, oh, wow. getting in, getting, you know, getting moving, getting motivated with folks. Um, mm. I love, uh, reading. I just picked. When everything shut down, I was able to really dive in and start reading <laughs> books, and I've been able to get through a lot of stuff that I wanted to wow. read. Wow. Um, doing leather work for many years, making all sorts of different stuff. Um, and just recently, I started an apparel company. Uh, it's called Sacred oh, cool. And do a lot of design work with that, just drawing stuff. It's all kind of Wild West-based designs. So, uh, yeah, got my hand in that, too. And, Songwriting. And, and you know, that's smart, you know, as an artist in any type of business, but especially in music, you know, if you can build brands that kind of not brands that would be totally different than what you're doing, because then you're kind of competing, but building multiple brands that, that help build your base around your music, that's where it becomes powerful. Yeah. And um, it, was, it was started, I guess, as just an extra little creative outlet to have. And um, there's a lot of different technology and great stuff now. Kind of <laughs> so what would you say is something unusual about you? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I have to think about that. Unusual. Hmm. <laughs> that people may not know. Yeah, I'd probably have to get somebody else in here that, that knows me and be like, yeah, this is... <laughs> Because you probably look at yourself and like, well, there's nothing unusual because yeah. you're mute. <laughs> oh, hey, but, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I can't, can't think of anything right now. I'm sure there's so I'm sure what, stuff. 
<laughs> so, you know, a lot of people ask, when did you know you wanted to do music? But I always like to go deeper than that. When did it click for you that this could be a career? Um, I think it was probably when I was like 21, 22, something like that. And um, I was out touring with my, my old band. We were like this heavy Southern rock band and playing a lot of basements and bars and everything. But uh, things kind of started catching on. We were doing some cool stuff. Um, ended up with the same management as Three Doors Down here in Nashville. And wow. that was kind of a big turning point for me to see like, all right, this this could actually turn into something besides just something that I love doing. It could actually mm -hmm. turn into and around that same time is when I started writing country music in Nashville and oh, cool. uh, started getting into co-writes and started learning the ways of <clears throat> here in Nashville. And we were getting some really cool songs and people were that I was writing with were really supportive of it. And they were like, you know, take this serious. It's something that you're, you're good at. You could actually, you know, succeed with. So I think yeah. it was kind of those different things all kind of fell in place around the same time that kind of moved it from that just kind of grinding and something I enjoy. We're playing shows and drinking and having fun. <laughs> there's actually some business aspects getting involved with this now. And there's actually like some potential and some interest from different things. So <clears throat> like all those things at the same time kind of happened. Well. <clears throat> so, um, what would you say is, you know, some of your musical influences growing up and who are some of them now? And has that kind of changed? Um, yeah, it's, it's been like kind of a, a constant thing, I think. And a lot of, uh, a lot of folks my age and, and older that I talked to that came up around the same stuff. Like I grew up with a lot of country and especially in the early nineties, <laughs> mid 90s like we always had alan jackson and brooks and dunn and garth brooks and shenandoah and restless heart and little texas and alabama on at the house all the time that was my dad's favorite stuff yeah um but we'd go see him like all those bands anytime they'd come around um, my hometown in north carolina so i think early it was a lot of country and i was like really immersed in it because my dad played <laughs> so much and um both him and my mom have always played tons of music around the house growing up. So mm. um, there was a lot of that until probably high school when I started, you know, getting in that rebellious phase where I started listening <laughs> to punk rock, hardcore stuff that my friends were getting into and um, a lot of heavier music and metal and rock and all that stuff that was coming out in like the early 2000s. Yeah. And that shaped me quite a bit and like what I was doing in the first band that I was on the road playing with. We wow. were kind of heavy, a lot of riffs, a lot of, you know, just beer drinking and hell raising kind of stuff. And <laughs> that too kind of molded me back into country music in my early twenties, whenever we were out playing shows and not making any money and in a van and trailer and, driving cross country to some weird show that we had booked somewhere in a basement or in a bar somewhere. And, you know, two 30 in the morning when I'm driving the van, uh, started getting back into that country that I grew up with. Cause oh, I was, wow. um, 
telling it felt like it was telling more of my story and mm-hmm. um i was kind of like not really because <laughs> i still love that heavy music but um was kind of evolving again to relating to the country music that i was listening to and grew up on mm-hmm. um sit there and be singing it in the van and stuff and it just kind of mm-hmm. naturally came back in my life at that point that kind of pivotal time when I was um, writing a lot and trying to figure out, you know, what, what I wanted to do personally. Mm-hmm. So got back into all the stuff that grew the Waylon Jennings and uh, all those other bands that I mentioned with Brooks and Dunn and stuff. And then started really getting into stuff that was coming out now, like drive-by truckers and um, shooter Jennings and uh, Jason Isbell when he split off. And there's a lot of different, kind of Americana artist. Um, mm-hmm. And around that same time, I was working at a club uh, back home called the Gray Eagle. And that was primarily what would come through was Americana stuff. So- Oh, cool. Songwriter, played there all the time. And, uh, got to see a lot of great Americana stuff. So I think that kind of molded me as well. And it was around that same time too that like Eric Church, Dirk Bentley, Jason Aldean were all <laughs> like into the mainstream country scene, and it was rocking. It was cool songs. It was stuff that mm-hmm. I identified with too. So that really yeah. um, pushed me in that direction even more. I think. Oh, cool. <clears throat> so as you know, a lot of people they see the glory of like a Blake Shelton, a Carey, and a Miranda, but they don't see the grind the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes, not just to get to their level, but even a career level in music. And I don't think that's talked about enough. So I always like to talk about that side of it because nobody else does. So we will be the show that definitely talks about that side of it. I'm going to tell a quick story that will kind of help guide us where I want this to go. But back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls. And at that time, they were full time with music. And I remember asking Allison what advice she would give an up and coming artist. And I'll never forget what she said. She said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full time. But if your heart will allow you to do anything outside, if you can see yourself doing something else, go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She goes, because the moment you want it to be a career, everything changes. She goes, you no longer own your life. Everybody owns a piece of it, so to speak. Um, you think you own it, but you don't <laughs> from that point. Then on top of that, you know, your friends and relatives, they never understand. They invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to weekends, to holidays. But when you're in that grind mode, you can't say no to a gig and you can't cancel a gig once it's once you have it. And they don't understand that a lot of time. Now, some some friends and relatives will get it, but not many do. So you got to deal with that. Then you got to deal with your family, because they have to let you go. They have to say, okay, I'm, I'm just not going to have as much time with you. So then that has to sacrifice. So that, so it's not just you. Then on top of that, if you weren't, if that wasn't enough, she went on to say that there are days you're just, you, you, you know, at work, you can call in the work if you got a cold. As an artist, you can't call in the work if you've got a cold. You still got to get on that stage if you feel miserable, doesn't matter, and perform. But then she added, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, if you cannot see yourself doing something else, go all in. Because the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's kind of talk about that side of it. 
Um, I think it's absolutely true, um, especially, you know, starting out with um, the world the way it is with, with streaming and mm -hmm. with the access and the ability to put out music. Um, you really got to be all in. You got to be um, focused. It's got to be, you can't put a date on it. I've had so many different friends and stuff, and, and especially in Nashville who have moved here and been like, well, I'm going to give it three years. I'm like, yeah. okay. Might as well leave, huh? Um, but that, that absolutely is true with, um, can't really have like a, a plan B. You can have other stuff that you love doing. Yeah. Um, exactly. Without, without sounding too like cynical with it, but, um, yeah, you gotta, you gotta be, this has gotta be what you love doing. And I think, um, I always tell people like, do you love making music and performing it? and love the art that you put out or do you love the idea of getting famous yeah if you love the idea of getting famous it's it's never going to happen nothing's ever going to live up to those expectations but at the core if you really love writing performing music that's what you got to focus on yeah and other stuff will will come and go it's like this constant emotional roller coaster like <laughs> one week you'll have all this amazing stuff happening and then <laughs> weeks there's nothing going on and you got to be able to push past that stuff and keep focused on making music, putting it out and kind of hitting that grind. Mm -hmm. You'll find every other excuse not to do it. And I think that goes, that goes above and beyond the music business. I think that's yeah. any, anything you're trying to achieve in your life, any kind of goal. It's it, if you're, it doesn't matter what it is, whatever profession, if you're, trying to, to make something a career and you got yeah. all the ideas to make careers. As soon as something gets hard, you're going to go do those. And I love what you said about the plan B thing, because a lot of people don't, you know, you, we're taught in society in this day and time, you've got to have a plan B, a plan C, a plan D, a plan E, all the way to plan Z, you know, and, 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 and people don't realize when you're in a creative type um, profession, I think it's different because when you're competing with thousands and thousands of people, and I guess competing shouldn't be a word, even though I'm using it, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But when there's thousands of people trying to make it along with you, then the struggle's going to come. There's going to be times where you don't believe in yourself. There's going to be times where you doubt that is this even worth it. There's going to be times when you think, can I go on? And when those times come, if you have a plan B, your plan B will become plan A. And that's the part that your average person don't get. If you have no plan B, then you won't get there. So then you can make it through those doubting moments because every artist has those moments. Every host like what we do has those moments. Every actor has those moments. So, you know, with the whole entertainment industry, it's just different. Yeah, it is different. And um don't get me wrong. I think it's it's great to have other interests and in different things that you yeah, can. Exactly. Now I think um, going into how like our industry is completely shut down still for the main aspect of how we made money, which was touring. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't think it's it's unreasonable to have other interests and other you know yeah things to try to get day to day and make money. Um, 
because it's kind of weirdly unprecedented times. Like even back whenever we had <laughs> at economies, people were still going to see music, and it, yeah, it was affected a little bit, but it wasn't gone by any means. So, um, don't get me wrong. From balancing acts. Yeah, I think um, the the balancing is a real talent, and the work ethic is a real talent. Because there's a lot of people who can burn up a guitar, sing their asses off, and <laughs> Just don't have a work ethic and don't have that that passion or that ability to balance out other things. And yeah. I've seen that a million times too, like on every different level that I've gotten to in in my career, there's people that kind of shake out for one reason or another. Like they they either can't perform well in front of people, they get too nervous, or they've got addiction problems, which is another huge yeah. a lot of this um, profession that um, they can't control those impulses or, or those addictions. and uh, Especially when money starts coming in. Oh, yeah. That's, that's when, you know, that's when, you know, you might have some a little small addiction at the beginning. And when all of a sudden you start seeing some success, you start having all these people that put this pressure on you that you have to be a certain way. You have to perform a certain way. You have to do this. You have to do that. There's so much pressure involved. Then all of a sudden you've got more income than you've than you're used to. You combine that. It's a recipe for disaster and addictions and all that. Especially once you get to it. I mean, if you're blessed enough to get to a level where you have people around you telling you yes all the time, mm -hmm. um, it can get, you know, pretty hairy sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we talked about the sacrifice side, and I think we hit it pretty hard. And I love it when, it, when we hit it that hard. I think people need to know the realness of the music industry. Um, yeah. So let's talk about a few highlights. What are a few moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that? Oh, um, I've had quite a few with um, Three Doors Down. We've we played massive, massive shows all over the world. We've gotten to do a ton with the military, which oh, is wow. um, which uh, not performing, but there's been different times where we got like we were playing some military USO type shows and um, got to go up and refueling jets and refuel F-15s, which was insane and. Um, I got to shoot an M1 Abrams tank, put me down in the tank, and I oh, got wow. to control it and spend some taxpayer money on some some rounds, which was pretty cool. Um, big shows, like I've played in front of more people than I could ever imagine in one place over in mm -hmm. England for Download Fest and different stuff. And um, four years ago, we got to play the inauguration, which was oh wow. Insane. More people than I've ever seen in my life. And um, I don't really care what anybody thinks of politics or anything, but I, it's a huge honor to get to play for Yeah, it doesn't matter who's president. If you get to sing, yeah, so it's an honor. That was, that was a huge honor. It was incredible. It was an incredible place. And um, yeah, that was some, that was some highs. Um, Love that. Personally, I've had, you know, like they're small goals, but on the solo end, I've had uh, got to do my first music video over the summer. Oh, wow. It was featured on CMT, which was really cool. Um, had uh, that song worth hanging on to, made it onto some charts, um, which was 
just huge for me personally as an independent artist. Um, yeah, I think like there's there's definitely like different levels of it, but mm -hmm. um, all those things mean mean something to you when they happen. Yeah. So you have any new music coming out? Uh, yes, I do. Um, this Friday, actually, on the 20th, I have a new song called Wild Mustang. Oh, wow. um, it comes out Friday. Pre-save is up on all my socials and everything, so still time to pre-save it, which helps out a lot these days. <laughs> there you go. And make sure your PR people send us that song so that I can insert it in at this point for the audio side. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'll do that. <clears throat> so, um, as you know, when it comes to music, a lot of people they see the artists, um, but they don't see the PR people. The um, they don't see the managers, the producers, and they don't get enough love, in my opinion. Yeah. So, I always like to give the artists a chance to kind of talk about their team a little bit. So, tell us about the team that helps you be who you are. Um. Yeah. So. Uh... Over at uh, Burning Ground and Core PR, Kerrigan, Anna, and Dawn. They yeah, they're all, awesome. Uh, I started working with them this summer and they reached out and they were like, hey, we believe in what you're doing. Um, they've been awesome. They've been super helpful. A lot of stuff that I absolutely could not have done on my own. Um, they've been able to facilitate because they believe in my music and what I'm doing, which is really huge. Um, any, any artist knows like if you can you can find people that'll that'll take your money any day <laughs> yeah that say hey we absolutely believe in what you're doing is something that you don't take for granted yeah so, aside from that i've had uh they're they're really like the the professional ones that i worked with i've got um one of my best friends darren cersey he's been extremely helpful he's worked in management before we've we've been friends for 20 years and um, I mean, he's he's the guy that like, hey, I need to update something on my website. And he's like, cool, and he gets on the computer and fixes it. Um, <laughs> really good with all that stuff. He's he's really knows what's going on with like modern music and stuff. And mm -hmm. he may not be like a contracted management or anything with a real title, but um, it's the same kind of thing. He's he's been a best yeah. and he believes in me. Um, another really good kind of similar situation um, our stage manager for Three Doors Brandon Burney he's been a friend of mine for 15 years now and mm -hmm. uh, he's always been supportive of any kind of guitar stuff I got questions with anything like oh, that cool. uh, Max Gabriel the producer on all my songs um, he's been similar situation he's just in my corner he, he gets what I'm doing he's excited to be a part of it and help out in any way possible. And if I got songs, I'm like, Hey man, like, let's get this recorded. He's like, cool. Let's do it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's just a handful. Folks. I love that. And we, you know, of course, Sandy's with our 20 month old right now. And hopefully our little eight year old is in with her. Cause we always have, um, allow him to come on and ask one question. He's kind of like a third co-host. So hopefully she's getting him right now because I, you know, I'm in the other room. Um, but because, um, you know, we're a family affair show and, you know, we believe that family should be together. So we do, you know, the, I don't, I couldn't do what y'all do of leaving the family. And I know that's tough. And I, I put it up for y'all. I mean, y'all, y'all do some great stuff. 
So we try to bring family in our house. You know, so the good thing is we can do that, you know. But, you know, a lot of the artists, once they get to a certain point, the great thing is the bigger artists, they can do that, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I see a ton of artists that once they get to a certain level, they take their kids, take their wives, take whoever they need to take with them. And I think that's smart because, in, you know, because that grind is like does so much for the family that 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 everybody needs to enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> right. Especially with the traveling. I think it's great for, you know, kids and stuff. Hey. Hi, Justin. How's it going? <laughs> it's going good. What's your favorite food? Favorite food? Oh, um, love barbecue. Mm. We're up in North Carolina, so we, we got a lot of good barbecue. <laughs> that or <better> sushi. <laughs> and what's yours? Pizza. There you go. Uh, hey. eat pizza today too. You can put down some pizza. <laughs> it's like don't let a small self fool you. <laughs> That's how I was too when I was little. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> you, buddy. <laughs> let me close this door now. Okay. But yeah. <clears throat> he loves his little part and our 20 month old she don't know it yet of course but down the road we're plugging her into the show too <laughs> <laughs> i love it but, um, so, yeah, I think so, it's great. like when we can travel i think it's it's awesome for kids to get that experience and be able to get out and travel and travel in a way that's not just like hey let's pick a spot and go for vacation like you get yeah. cross sections of everyday america Mm-hmm. Exactly. That is a just a huge education, I think. I know me personally, I've grown so much over the past you know, almost 20 years of getting out mm -hmm. and playing little towns and big cities and kind of seeing everything in between and seeing how, you know, we're not that different. Everybody's mm -hmm. in it together no matter what TV says. You know, we everybody's trying to make a living, raise a family. And, I think being able to see that firsthand and interact with people was extraordinary. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I think that the artists that can take their kids and family with them, it's just a game changer for the whole family. Because, you know, because again, the artists, even though you don't have much time from in city to city, especially if you've got a full schedule, but, you know, that kid can, like you said, it's, they, they can see the work ethic, but they also can benefit from some of the rewards that come with it for the artist, too. And I think, again, that will broaden, you know, the child a little bit more. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you could co-write with any person, dead or alive, who would it be and what would you want to write about? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> co-write, dead or alive. Uh, I'd love to write with probably Jason Isbell uh, off the top of my head. Um, I've always been a huge fan of his writing and his stories and stuff. And I probably just let him run with it. And <laughs> like, I'll follow your lead, right? <laughs> but his, I mean, his writing is incredible. I listen to his music all the time. And um, Chris Stapleton's another big one. I'd love to write with him. Um, I just love his writing style and the, the stuff that he. <laughs> But out's always incredible. Yep, it is. Um, yeah. Just off the top of my head. 
So this past February made the five-year anniversary that we asked Kelsey Ballerini where she wanted to be in five years. And I always like to tell this story before I ask the artist that same question, because the answer she gave us five years ago is almost to the T of the life that she's living now. So this girl knew where she was going and she wasn't letting anything stop her because <laughs> she's there. And um, so knowing that, knowing how much can happen in five years, where do you want to be in five years? Five years, um, I'd love to have songs on the radio that people are loving. Um, working co-writes with people, I'd love to get um, other artists cutting songs. That mm -hmm. Incredible, just from my, my songwriting drive. Like I, it, I love, I've got friends that are up and coming as well that have been cutting songs that we wrote and I, I absolutely oh, wow. um, love to have, you know, everything in place to employ a full band and get out and play shows for people and um, try to open for all those artists that I love. That is awesome. Now let's look 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road, let's say that you're a success on a grand scale. Whatever that looks like, you're there. Because it could be different 10 years from now, but whatever it looks like, you're there. If the person you are today could meet your future successful self, what would you remind him? Um, keep being humble. Keep being good to people. Um, no matter who it is, um, mm. I feel like that was instilled in me um, early, early on in my career. And keep treating people the same, no matter who it is. Yeah. Um, don't get uh, caught up in your own hype, I guess. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's usually people's downfall. Yeah. Um, leave your ego out of it and keep learning from everybody you possibly can and uh just remember that you don't know everything <laughs> love that so let's say you know staying on advice let's say that you've got a friend of yours and you heard him or her sing and they definitely got something special basically simon cowell would say that they have the it factor <laughs> and um they've played maybe 40 or 50 shows so they're still getting their feet wet kind of on the performance side but they but they love it. They've been on stage. You got what every artist says, that stage bug where they look over the crowd, the crowd's roaring for them. They just know they're in the right place. And they come to you and they say, Justin, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next couple of years? Um, I'll probably say uh, keep doing what you're doing and trust yourself. And keep being yourself because that's what's got you there. Um, so once you get to a certain point, there's going to be a lot of people that start coming in and telling you their opinion of what you should be doing <laughs> and who you should be and how you should be acting. But um, I say go with your gut and keep following that passion for it. And um, I'd probably say it a little harsher than that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love that advice because I remember when we first started this show, I reached out to a Nashville friend of ours and I remember asking him, what advice would he give as we grow this show? 
And I'll never forget what he said. He said, whatever you do, be and stay authentic. He says, you could tell every Bobby Bones joke. You could tell every Ty Bentley joke. And you might even be good at it. And you might even create some type of traction and audience. But the day will come when authentic Chris comes out. And when that day comes, you're going to lose every bit of your audience because they were never attracted to authentic Chris. I mean, to fake Chris, authentic Chris. They were attracted to fake Chris. Yeah. And But if you start off being authentic right from the beginning, then you will um, you, your show might grow slower, but you'll gain the right audience. And I'll, I've never forgotten that. That's exactly what I was what I was thinking and about to say was it might take a little while to be authentic because mm -hmm. it's it's a lot easier to kind of just chase what's cool and hip right now and emulate somebody else who's popular. Mm -hmm. But um, it's a lot tougher to just be yourself because it does take a little bit more time. And yeah, could, I mean, it could never happen. You could just people just don't like you. I don't know. But um, being yourself and building that fan base from authenticity is extremely important, I think. Mm -hmm. And yeah, um, it's always fun. Like experiment, put out different songs, do whatever. But um, at the end of the day, you you got to be yourself. Yep. And, you know, through this year, since we've launched a show, I've had people say you should be this or you should be that. But that's not who I am and who Sandy and who my wife is. And we're and so many times we're like, um, I don't want to build a show who are, I, I don't want to put a mask on. Because, as you see, I'm laid back. We do the show laid back. Um we're different a little bit with the show than most hosts. I mean, we're not all business and we like to have fun. We like to cut up. And I just don't, I can't do a show with, unless I can be myself because again, it's the Chris and Sandy show. So, you know, I've, we, you know, and so I know what you're talking about so much because, you know, even as hosts, we have to follow the same pattern that artists do because we're still trying to be, have an audience just like y'all are. Yeah. And, um, you know, draw from your influences and that's totally fine too. You know, if you, if you really love, you know, Elvis or something, you got a lot of, <laughs> that's great. But, um, it takes time to, to put your own feel on things. So yeah. you got to give it time. And like I said before, like only like, you know, what's authentic and you know, yourself. <laughs> And you know when you're not being yourself. Yeah. So whenever people come in and try to tell you, you know, you got to do it one way or another, that's where it would come in to just, you know, probably ignore them. And they probably don't have your, your best interest in mind, like across the board, but no matter who it is. Like there's going to be instructive criticism to help better your show that you'll be able yeah. to understand or better, you know, if someone's like, hey, you should take, vocal lessons and I think it's great. Take guitar lesson, that's great. Yeah. We're like, man, you start wearing this backwards hat and <laughs> get rid of these cowboy boots. You gotta start wearing these, you know, Nikes or something. Like mm -hmm. that the advice you're given is probably not in your best interest. They're trying to mold you into something that's popular now. And like not that just looks are the only thing, but um probably wasn't the best example, but uh, <laughs> if anybody's listening, like, 
you probably understand what I'm saying. There's going to be good constructive advice and yeah. stuff that's that just misses the mark. And I think um, you're going to have people that come along that do both. You're going to have the people that are in your corner who are like, I believe in what you're doing and who you are, and they're going to be pretty obvious. Yeah. Great advice there. So as we come to a close here, tell everybody how they can reach out to you. Cool. Um, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. Um, my Instagram handle is Justin Three Doors Down. It's uh, pretty easy to find. Um, <laughs> website is justinbiltman.com. Uh, that has all the stuff linked off. You can find the videos and music and um, all that good stuff on there. Um, sort of on TikTok, but I don't like it. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Our show is on it, but I've never done anything. It's just there. <laughs> a, I guess it's like just a, a talent that I don't have. I don't, I don't think in those video terms like that. I just can't do it. So somebody, uh, you know. My wife. Is... But... <laughs> Pop in to say hi. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> this is Caitlin. Hey, Caitlin. Hi. <laughs> yep like i said we're a family affairs show yes <laughs> and you know we really enjoyed having you on the show today and we definitely look forward to having you back down the road yeah i appreciate you having me on and um like i said on the 20th look out for wild mustangs it'll be out on all the good streaming services and everything and um if you find my social media now you can pre-save it and go check it out that is 